We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet. And the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, you've already been speaking, so just make it louder. Make it more clear. We rebuke anything in this atmosphere, in this building, or even on the digital campuses that would impede, stop, or block the flow of your word tonight. We are ready to receive. We're hungry. And so tonight, Father, you're going to feed us with the bread of life. What is that? That's the word of God. Somebody say, Lord, feed me tonight. In Jesus' name. So guys, listen, we started on Sunday this series uh, called 2020 to get you ready for the new year and to clear your vision so you can finish 2019 strong. Please do not rush out of this year because you're going to leave something on the table. I'm going to say it again. Please do not rush out of this year because you're going to leave something on the table. And I need you to know God has not done his best for you for 2019. Somebody holler, it's not over yet. So watch this. Uh, as we're looking at this, we learn uh, that sight is what you see on Sunday, but vision is how you see it. Say, sight is what I see. Say, vision is how I see it. And we learned on Sunday that that is something called perception. That is called perception. And we learned on Sunday that our perception can be poisoned. I gave you four things that can poison your perception. And whenever your perception is off, you will not see things properly. The first I told you was that your perception can be poisoned by, do you remember? People. People can poison your perception. People will project onto you their issues, their failures, their mistakes, their problems, their drama, their fear. One of the things that's dangerous to do if you're going to be a person that lives by faith is to be around people who live by facts. Come here. What do you mean by facts? There's a difference between facts and truth. See, truth, watch this, comes from a Greek word in our Bible, which is pistis. That's the language of our New Testament. Pistis means truth. Somebody say truth. Now, one of the things about pistis is pistis means it's what God says about it, not what the circumstances say about it, which means the fact may say that the doctor says they can't find a way to cure it. That's what facts say. But truth says with his stripes, come here, I am healed. I need you to know that the facts don't matter when you got truth on your side. Let me prove it to you. There was a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. What's interesting is they only brought her if they didn't bring the man, which means they didn't really want to find out what the truth was. They just wanted to present some facts. Come here. And some of you, watch this, what has messed you up is that you are allowing the enemy to use factual information about you against you. And sometimes you got to say that may be factual, but it's not truthful because the truth of, is what God says about it. And watch this, it may be a fact that I screwed up and I messed up, but the facts are that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation and all things are passed away and all things are made new. So, so, so there's a difference between facts and truth. And so, watch this, watch this. What's significant about this is that if you have a poison perception because people have projected factual information to you, you will miss the truth of what God says about it. They're going to tell you all the reasons it can't be done, and I need you to learn how to shut those people down. 
Whenever you're trying to do something, you got people telling you why it can't be done. I need you to immediately stop having the conversation with them because they're projecting onto you, watch this, their fear. And their fear will make you think it can't be done. And I need you to know that the God you serve has the ability to do the impossible. He has the ability to do the improbable. He has the ability, watch this, not to part the water, but to walk on it. But if he wants to part it, he can part it. People will project onto you their facts, and so you will miss God's truth. That's number one. Here's number two. Number two, what is the second thing I told you that can poison your perception? Pain. Pain can poison your perception. We talked about a man, you remember his name? Jabez. Jabez, watch this, his mother named him pain because the conception was painful. And what's dangerous about a painful situation, what's dangerous about dealing with pain is that, watch this, whenever pain is not properly processed, it leaves a residue. That residue is called bitterness. And bitterness makes you brittle. And when you're brittle, you break easily. What, what, are you, what am I trying to say, Bishop? Is that for some of you, watch this, the, the challenges that you have been facing are because you are still, watch this, processing pain from situations that have expired. But I need you, watch this, to lay your hands on yourself, say, I release pain and bitterness. Come on, say it. Say, I release pain and bitterness. But pain will poison your perception because you will think it's worse than it is, not because it's that way, but because something else is that way. You will think that it is not because this situation is messed up, but because that situation was messed up. So you will create something new and you'll make it something old. Watch this based on pain. What's the third thing I gave you? Problems. Problems will, watch this, poison your perception. Let's tell the truth. The reality is that sometimes when problems come up, we get frustrated. True? Sometimes when problems come up, we get angry, right? Here's the worst thing we do when problems come up. We make a U-turn. Let me talk over here because they didn't say nothing over here. Um, when problems come up and you make a U-turn, you forfeit all the progress you've made. And some of you have made too much progress to be taking U-turns because there's a problem. I need you to look that problem in the face and say, listen, either you get the heck up out the way. Oh, watch this. Even if I don't have a four-wheel drive, watch me drive what I got like it is. Because you're going to get ran over. What are you trying to say? Stop letting problems make you take a U-turn. Would you touch your neighbor on the shoulder and say, I rebuke your U-turns? Literally think about a U-turn. What's a U-turn? It means you came somewhere. There was a roadblock. And you literally go back to the same place you came and some of you made too much progress to go back to depression. You, you made too much progress to go back to the bars. You made too much progress to go back to sleeping around. I wish there were some honest people. You made too much progress to stop being flaky in your church attendance. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Touch your neighbor and say, I made too much progress to make a U-turn. I need some water, please. Now, here's the fourth thing. What's the fourth thing I gave you? Past. Your past can create issues for you. Uh, and we talked about the scripture in Isaiah that says, Behold, I do a new thing. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Here's the problem. Is that if you live in your past, you literally are dead man or dead woman walking. The sad thing is that there are more dead people walking the earth than there are in graveyards. <laughs> you sitting here talking about, oh, look at all those people in the graveyard, and the reality is, is you need to check the person in your driver's seat. Because your past has got you thinking that you are, watch this, what you used to be. That you do what you used to do. That you can only do what you used to do. And so your past ends up becoming a prison. Come here. So because you had an issue with one man, now you got an issue with all men. Because you had an issue with one woman, now you got an issue with all women. Because you had an issue with one pastor, now you got an issue with all pastors. We're not all the same. Because you had one issue, watch this, with one white person, now you hate all white people. You got one issue with one black person that was light-skinned, now you don't like no light-skins. Because you had one issue with a darker skin, now you don't like... Now, you're laughing at me, but the truth is, is that that bias of your past is predicting your behavior. 
I need you to say this. Say, I release myself from the prison of my past. We learn that if you have poison perception from one of those four things, what ends up happening? You will end up missing the principles that govern the earth. And what's one of those principles? It's Genesis 8 and 22. It says, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. While the earth remains what? Uh-huh. Then go ahead and finish it. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. But if you have a poison perception, you will be expecting something you have not sown. And you will indict God for not being good because your poison perception has you looking for tomatoes you never planted. Your poison perception has you looking for watermelons and you put apple seeds in the ground. Your poison perception has you looking for people to help you and you've never helped anybody. Come here. Your poison perception has you expecting people to build your vision and you've never built another man's. Your poison perception will have you expecting loyalty from people and you never give it. While the earth remains, what is it? Seed, time, and this governs the earth, which is why the scripture says in Galatians 6 and 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap, which means the only thing I can reap is what I've sown because he says that he will also reap, which means if I want to change what's seen, I have to change my seed. So can I ask you a question? What is it you're reaping that reveals something you shouldn't have sown? We're going to shout in a minute. Let me just, let me just. Because maybe what you call warfare is simply a harvest. Because you created a lot of hell for somebody else. Y'all ain't talking to me. Maybe what you call haters is simply a harvest because you gossip about people all day, every day. And you can put it out, but you can't take it. Ooh, it got quiet in this church. Oh, but I'm so thankful that if I've still got a pulse, God still got a plan. And that means that I can change what I'm sowing. Someone says, I got time. Here's the most exciting part about this whole message. Let me give it to you right now. Is that if I don't like what I'm seeing, I can change that. That ain't in the power of the devil. That ain't in the power of your haters. That ain't even in the power of God. It's in the power of your seed. If you don't like what you're seeing, then change what you're sowing. Can I get you to release this? Let's go back to that last series one time. Somebody holler, I got the power. So let's look at this. Proverbs 11. Proverbs means wisdom. Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25. It says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. How is he giving freely and getting more? Because you reap what you sow. And harvests are always bigger than the seeds. Remember how we looked at that on Sunday? How the seeds uh, of, of, uh, were smaller than the fruit. The harvest is always bigger than the seed. Look at what he says. One gives freely, but he grows what? Richer. And not just richer. What does the Bible say? All the richer. Say, I make my living through my giving. And this is bigger than money. See, this is bigger than money. Somebody say, it's bigger than money. See, but another withholds what he should give. So you owe some people forgiveness. You owe some people, watch this, as many chances as you've been given. Ooh. He says he withholds what he should give. So because you honored one person who treated you bad, now you don't honor the people who are doing. So you withhold. You withhold what you should give, and watch what he gets. He suffers want. So your lack can be connected to your refusal to release. Whatever it is you don't see that you want to see is connected to what you haven't sown. 
because you wouldn't sow, not because you didn't know to sow. I need you to speak this over your life. Say, no more want. Mm -mm, that's not how you say it when you mean it. Release it like you really mean that thing. Say, no more want in any area of my life. So how do I see that? It's in the next verse, 25. Whoever brings a blessing. Question, do you bring a blessing? What's an blessing? Blessing, it's an empowerment to prosper, to do well, to be whole. That means you bring empowerment to situations. Do you bring a blessing or are you the blessing blocker? I know it. All right, watch. Look, I ain't even had you touch your neighbor. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, what do you bring to the table? Now release this. Say, I bring blessing. <laughs> Come on. Say, I bring favor. He says, whoever brings blessing will be what? Enriched. So wait a minute. Everybody talking about, I want to be blessed. 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 What do you bring? I want to be, I want to be this, 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 I want to be this. What do you bring though? What, what do you bring? And one who waters, what does water mean? Add value to make something grow. Say this, I'm a value adder. One who waters will himself be watered. Question, do you water or are you thirst? Now, declare this over your life. Say, I'm water. So when you're water, look at me. Let's get real. You ready? Can we talk? Can we talk for a minute? <laughs> Let's talk. What do we do with water? Drink it. Use it. Bathe in it. Cook with it. Drink it. Clean with it. Water gets used. You're fighting so hard not to get used that it explains why you keep getting used because you are defying what the scripture says. The scripture says it is literally your job to want to pour. Would you touch your neighbor and say pour? You're fighting so hard to protect yourself you're unprotected because you defy the word. And anything... Watch this. That's not in the word is uncovered, and anything uncovered spoils. Did you see that? Did y'all see that? Can we go further with this thing? So I gave you three things. I gave you three things. Somebody say, I bring a blessing. Say it again. Say, I bring blessing. Which means everywhere I go, I should be wanting to bring something to it. Listen, every holiday, there are people who show up. Ready to eat, but didn't bring. Now some of us, that's a standing rule. You know we ain't bringing nothing. We help underwrite what's going on. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> you don't want me to bring nothing. No, I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. Watch. And you ever notice who takes the biggest plates? You always want to know who's asking if there's some left over today that's for free. When you have the mentality that I'm blessed to be a blessing, I'm not trying to get anything, which is why I have everything. Come here, come here, lift your hand, say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. See, that's why you won't lack. I'm not trying to get anything, which is why God gives me everything. Come on, what did we learn from Solomon? Solomon, you didn't ask me for this stuff, so I'm about to give you this stuff. What did you do, Solomon? You released, you brought a blessing, and because you brought a blessing, I'm going to give you stuff you didn't ask for. Say, Lord, change my mentality to release, to be a blessing. So let's look at those three I gave you and then we're done. The 
first one I told you that, that I said, look, give me three areas. Uh, and he gave me three areas. He said, these are the areas where most people don't release so they don't see increase. They don't bring a blessing so they don't have a blessing. They don't water so they're thirst. First area you remember was love. Say release love. I said something to you. Love like you've never been let down and pour like it's never been wasted before. That's still, it sounds amazing, right? Doesn't it post well on social media? Ooh, but it isn't doing it a whole nother thing. Like it's something to say, this is so good. This is fire, right? And it's hot trying to do it, doesn't you? Why? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Galatians 5, 6, the end of the verse says, faith works through love. And I talked to you on Sunday that the word works there is the Greek word energeo. That's the language of our New Testament. which means energizes or gives power to. So faith, watch this, is given power by love, which means if I'm offended, if I'm bitter, if I'm angry, I cannot walk in love. If I cannot walk in love, my faith has no power, which explains why prayer, watch this, seems like it doesn't work, but it's not working. Watch this because it doesn't work. It's not working because it has no power. It has no power because you're offended. It has no power because you're bitter. It has no power because you're angry. It has no power because you're mad. So consequently, because you won't release, you can't see increase. Y'all with me? Now, this doesn't mean be a fool. This just means I'm not bitter. How do I know that you're bitter? You're always talking about what somebody else did. How do I know that you're bitter? You speak more about the past than you do the present. How do I know that you're bitter? It's because the moment something even seems somewhat relatively maybe could be somewhat close to somebody you used to maybe think you knew. The law of linkage takes you back to the past. So now you refuse to live in 2019. Some of y'all haven't left 79, but touch your neighbor and tell them release. Some of you literally use your energy to withhold love from people. Come here. You literally use your energy to withhold being nice. You literally, I'm going to preach now, let's go. You literally use your energy to withhold being kind, to withhold honor, to withhold, mm -mm. Hug two or three people. I'll hug everybody but her. So you're using energy, come here, to hold on instead of release. Can I tell you why? Here's why. Because when you poured before, you poured with a motive. Guys, this is Wednesday, so can I just give it to you direct? All right, okay. All right, I have to sit with it before I give it to you, so. Right, listen, it's one of them words, okay? Well, I'll shout you in a minute, but it's one of them words, all right? Here's the deal. We poured with a motive. I'm going to be nice to them because they're going to be nice to me. I'm going to be nice to them because they give me rides to places. I'm going to be nice to them because they always buy my lunch. I'm going to be nice to them because I want to be invited over. I'm going to be nice to them because the truth is I want them. Ooh, I want them. I'm going to be nice to them. Because the truth is, is that I have a motive. When you pour with a motive, you're empty. <laughs> Touch your neighbor say, message. Yes. The neighbor doesn't talk to you. They're so empty, they can't even touch. It's okay. Skip over to them and find somebody else to pour onto and just say, Message. Watch me. Did you see that? Here's what the Bible says about pouring. It's in Ephesians 6 and 8. The Apostle Paul spoke about this a few times in his life. He says, I'm poured out like a drink offering for your sake. In other words, he was saying, I'm not even doing this for me. See, motive is about me. See, how do you know you do things with motives? Because you don't do it because it's right. You do it because you don't want to hear somebody's mouth. Come here. <laughs> You don't do it because it's what you said you would do and you want to keep your word. You do it because you don't want nobody to say nothing to your coordinator. Can I talk? This is going to be good. <laughs> say, yes, Lord. 
knowing that whatever good, poor, anyone does. You ready? This, what is this? What he released, this he will receive back. Reap, sow, release, increase. You see this principle? Who's he going to get it from? The Lord. And that's the problem with your motive. Because your motive wants them to give it back to you. And watch me. When they don't give it back to you, now, watch this. Now you walk around with an attitude with them. Because they didn't reciprocate your motive. Y'all ain't talking to me. And so, because, watch this. So, because they didn't reciprocate your motive, now you have an issue with people. And now, watch this. Your people issue poisons your perception. And so, now, every time you pour, you pour with the motive. But now, your motive is more restrictive because now you call yourself being hurt by somebody. You weren't hurt by somebody. You poured with a motive, and your motive found you out. This is good preaching, church. Touch your neighbor say, pour without a motive. Say, do it just because it's right. Can we just give God some glory that we're not going to do anything from this day forward with a motive? We're going to do it just because it's right. Somebody say, no motives. <laughs> say it again. Say, no motives. Let me finish. I pour without an expectation of getting it back from you. Truth is, you don't have enough to give it back to me anyhow. I get mine from another source. Look at somebody and say, expect it from the Lord. This is why your feelings are hurt. And you feel in some type of way. Let me clarify here. You only pour down. You serve up. See, watch, watch, watch the instrument. See, when I'm pouring, that means it's someone that's receiving, and it's someone that's receiving from a lower place. See, you, you can't pour up. See, I can't, I, I can't do it. So you serve up. You pour down. Some of y'all think when you serve at church, you're pouring. You're serving. Say, my increase, my increase is, in my is in my release. So who am I looking to get it from? The Lord. Here's what the Lord will do. He'll call somebody. Let me, let me have that down there. That water bottle right up under that seat. Now, is it germ free? No, uh-uh, give me a different one with something better. Is this one good? No, no, no. Hmm? Not even open? Look at God. Look at me. God will find something from somewhere you wasn't even looking. And then make sure, open it for me, please. And then, I don't spill it. It's rough. Yeah, I got it. Gracias. Guys, I'm on disc three of my Spanish lessons. Come on, progress. Last Wednesday when I left church, he says, welcome to disc three. And I gave God glory and turned it off. Watch. <laughs> progress. I'm learning Spanish, church. And so I've been on this two for eight years. And so I've been, <laughs> in eight years, but a while. Look at me. God says, I'll give it back to you. And it's normally not going to be from where you poured it. Because I need to make sure your motives are right. And if everything with you is an exchange, come here. If everything with you is a transaction, but I do it because I got something. And God says, okay, if it's going to be transactional for you, then you can keep what you have. But when you pour, somebody say, I'm a releaser. When you pour, God says, I'll find something somewhere from someplace you weren't even looking for. And then I'll make sure, whoever this is, I'll buy you a new one. I'll make sure that you're taken care of. Notice. 
It didn't come from who you poured to, where you poured it. I'll find something that don't even look like it belongs. Come here. I'll find somebody that doesn't even look like you, that doesn't even work with you, that doesn't even know you, that's never even met you, and I'll make them pour into you. So when I'm pouring love, when I'm pouring love, now when we think of love, this is, this is across the board. This is in every context. If I'm pouring love and kindness, if I'm pouring all of that, I'm not doing it with the expectation or motive that I'm going to get it back from you. Now, here's the real question. So then, Bishop, so then, so then if, do you keep pouring? If, if, if people don't respect your pour and don't, don't honor your love and don't respect your love? Mm -mm. Oh, oh, you don't, oh, oh I can still pour. <laughs> I'm just going to put it somewhere where they want it. Come here. I'm just going to put it somewhere where they value it. I'm just going to put it somewhere where they're thankful. I'm just going to put it somewhere where they appreciate it. I prophesy people are coming into your life that appreciate you. If you receive it, say yes, Lord. I'll just do it somewhere else. You don't want what I got? I'll go sell it somewhere else. Not sell it. Not sell it. Kiss the principal. Here's the second thing I said to release. I got to finish church. Here's the second thing I said to release. You ready? I said to release control. Control. We said this poison perception calls you to be a control freak. And impatience is proof of it. And impatience is how much pressure can you take before becoming negative while you're being delayed or provoked? Got it? How many, how many would say your patience is, no, let me finish. You have 10 patients, level 10. What's level 10? That you're fully patient. You don't get negative at all when you are delayed or provoked. Any 10s? All right. And being passive doesn't mean you're patient. <laughs> Taking an attitude of, well, I don't really care. That doesn't mean you're patient. That means you're apathetic, <laughs> which, which in itself is a problem. Apathy is, to be apathetic is to be pathetic. Apathetic. Right? T -t Touch your neighbor and say, you're a person of strength. <laughs> Prophesy to him, say, you're a gladiator. <laughs> Tell him, say, you're a warrior. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> so let's go. So let's go. Let's go. So, so, so watch this. Um, how many of you would say your patience is not a 10, but no, it's an 8? Okay. A few 8s in the room. Thank God for you. All right. All right. Seven. I'm looking too. Six. Five. Four. Three. People standing up, turning around like a bishop. Do you have a negative number? Negative 47. Right. <laughs> Two. One. Zero. Negative five. Negative 10. <laughs> Come on, thank you for your honesty. Watch me, guys. Here's the thing. When you are impatient, you lose control. So when you release control over things you can't control, you gain control. I'm going to back that thing up. When you release control over things you can't control, you gain control. So I gave you this scripture in the old King James Version, Luke 21 and 19, with a yellow highlight on it. And tabs. Y'all remember Bible tabs? Some of y'all need to get an old school Bible. She said, I got many of them. I know it. In your patience, what are you going to do? Possess ye your souls. In your patience, do what? What does it mean? He says, when you're patient, you're going to actually have control of your soul. What's your soul? Mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. When you're impatient, what do you lose control of? Your mind, thoughts, will, and emotion. So if you release control, see, listen, you can't control what people are going to do. You getting mad, I'm so angry at what they did. They ain't going to change what they did. You hollering and cussing. Ooh. How many of you would say your hollering and cussing is a 10? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> 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 
My God. Y'all put that in them notes, huh? Put all that in them notes. Y'all hear? Y'all hear? Don't you be fine fishing the morning, you hear? Now watch. I love you. I love you. I love you. Here's the deal. Guys, how many of us, when we, listen, let's just make a blanket. When we've hollered, screamed, and cussed folk out, or hollered, screamed, and cussed privately to practice for the public house. <laughs> I'm coming down your row. Because some of y'all have practiced. Be honest in church. You, if you be real, you can get a heal. You've practiced in your car driving down the street. You know what? And you pretending like you're on speakerphone and ain't nobody on the speakerphone. <laughs> Watch me. Here's the deal. When we do that, can I ask you something? What did it fix? What did it change? Now, here's what you may say. I felt better. Here's the reason you, let me tell you why you thought you felt better. You thought you felt better because in the moment, your emotions won. You didn't actually feel better. All you did was give your emotions a win. The problem is when you give your emotions wins, they'll think they can run you. And I need some of you to tell your emotions, I am in control of you. You are not in control of me. Emotion, E meaning out of, motion meaning change. Emotions were given to us to serve us, not for us to serve them. Which means just stop saying, but I can't help it. Yes, you can. The Bible says command your soul, which means I can tell my emotions what to do. I'm not crying today. I ain't going to be sad today somebody's holler I've got control here's the third thing you got to release release your seed or your finances your money dollar dollar bills yo right or y'all listen it's yo <laughs> no it's y'all whatever all right it's gonna be on the album guys so money is your resource, not your source. Because he's our source, and he provides for us through how we give. Because, listen, we don't give to earn his love, but our giving decides how we live. Can I give you scripture to support this? These three areas, love, control, and money, are the top three areas where we, we don't always release the way we should. And so you consequently, you create a cycle for yourself. And the cycle is, what did we learn from Proverbs? Because you won't water, because you won't bring a blessing, because you won't release, you create a cycle where there's always deficit. And I need you to lay your hand through a rebuke deficit. What does rebuke mean? It means I push it away. I say you have no right to be here. Song says, how did you get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. Which means what you got to do is learn how to rebuke some stuff. Somebody say, I rebuke deficit in my life. Come on, Wednesday. Say, I rebuke deficit in my life. So, 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 you all know there's the four ways we give to God. Um, Y'all throw it on the screen for me real quick. Just so you can see it. Snap a photo of it. I want to give you two scriptures to help you with this. Um. I need you to declare this. Say, debt freedom is my life. I need you to declare this so you like, say, I'm the lender, not the bar. Because can we be honest? If we're really honest, all three of these things are best friends. Because when your money ain't right, you don't love it the same. Hey, good morning, baby. Yeah, cook your own breakfast. That, it was a good morning before you went out there and bought that TV. That's what it was, and you went out here and bought that TV. Go on now. But let's be honest. But let's be honest. But, but, but let's be honest. But, but then if your money's not right, you want to control everything because you want to have the thought you're not losing anything. All three of these things really work together. So let me give you scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, we're going to look verse 6 through 8. Then we're going to go Luke 6:38, and then we, we good. Y'all learning? You're growing. If you're on one of my digital campuses, I just need you to type this in, say no deficit in my life. If you're on one of my digital campuses, type that in. All right. This is, I like, I like the Apostle Paul because look at how he says. The point is, he's like, let's skip all of this Hebrew and Greek and deep work. He said, look. 
If you sow or release what? Sparingly. You're going to reap what? Sparingly. Watch this. Sparingly has two dual meanings. It means not only a little, but you release it infrequently. She's like, I gave an offering, uh, shoot, October. And God is like, "Mm mm-hmm, and we gave it back to you in November. (laughs) The reason you ain't seen it yet in December is because there's nothing on the way. Woo! But I need you to lay your hands on yourself, say, I release, I release. Guys, this is God's word. And part of what I'm graced to do is is to have people see debt freedom in their lives. Wherever you're gifted, you know, all right. You, people talk about it, but it's the Bible. And it's crazy to me that some people would have a problem with Christians doing well. And have a problem with, pre- okay, I got to say this, and have a problem with preachers teaching the Bible so that people can do well. That's like nuts. That, that's like literally vials and vials of draino that are being consumed by individuals who would think that God doesn't want his people to do well. He wants his people walking around struggling, living in hell so they hopefully die and don't go to hell. To hell with that. That's crazy. Mm. If you you say something, you might push me to say something else. Because I wonder why it's a problem when I say it. I wonder if I was, I wonder if I look different if the narrative would be different. But touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to be blessed no matter what. Here's the Bible. Whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully is going to reap what? Bountifully. This is the Bible. Go to the next verse. Each one must give as he's decided. So he says, you got to decide to be a person that releases in his heart, not reluctantly, nor under compulsion. For God loves a what? Cheerful giver. God says, I like people who are cheerful when they release. Can we be honest? Not even just with money. Can we be honest about anything? Can we be honest? There are some times, watch this, that we almost feel like we got suckered when we release love for certain people. Like when you're nice to certain people, you're like, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said good morning. Please, come on, y'all. You ever know? Look, look, it says, um, um, God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Can I get you to de- lay your hands on yourself to declare this? Say, Lord, Lord make me a cheerful giver. A cheerful in, love, in love, in control, in, control, in, finance. in finance. Let's keep going. Verse 8. And God is able, let's write, to make all grace abound toward, say your name. So that, say your name. Yeah. Having all sufficiency in all things and all times, say your name. Yeah. Will abound in every good work. Now, can you read this? And God, let's just talk it real slow, right? Give me 60 seconds and we're done. And God is able to make what? Oh, what is grace? Favor. What is that? Preferential treatment. What is that? Supernatural. And God is make, able to make supernatural. What does abound mean? Turn toward you. Would you come? Won't you come? Won't you come? Would you come? Won't you come? Here's how it works. So I want you to release. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me clean one of them out for you. Actually, wait a minute. You are you super blessed. So, so you're going to pour into that. All right? All right, go on here, won't you? All right. Now, now here's God. That's the name. So you're going to get it in 15 seconds. So, so, so here's God. Okay, now watch this. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. to be a blessing. So here's what happens. God says, all right. Um, um, all right, go and release. God says, oh, okay, he's releasing. Stop. Put the verse back up. It says, he who sows sparingly, let's go back to that one, reaps what? Spar- so if you stop there, God stays right there. But if you make it a lifestyle, God says, I'm going to make favor abound or turn toward you. Walk up on him. He says, so everywhere, watch this, you look, look up, there goes favor. Keep on, keep on. No, keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. And watch this. And I don't stop because it's a lifestyle. So somebody say, keep on, keep on. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Uh-huh. And so then when I look up, 
there goes favor. I need you to hear me. Somebody say, everywhere I look, I'm going to see favor. Say, even in bad situations, come on here. Say, I'm going to see favor. Say, it's turning to me. Say, it's leaning in my direction. That's what the Bible says. Now, in that pouring, what did the Bible say? And he who waters. Well, he himself. I need you to catch this. Because some of you, when you get home and check your mail, your water's there. I wish I had a church that believed in the word of God. Some of you on Friday, you're going to get some unexpected water. Somebody say, water's coming. Say it like you mean it. Say, water's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. Luke 6.38, one more scripture, and we're out of here. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Rest down. Shake it together. Running over. Look, this is the part I like. It's going to be put. Um, um. <laughs> One more time. Touch the neighbor and say, God's about to put it on you. Watch, 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 watch. No, look at the verse. No, look at the verse. It says, it will be put. Look at me. Look at me. Get to, can I get you to release this? Can I get you to say this? Say, I will never chase another dollar. When I pour, God's going to put it on me. Come here. Come here. When I pour, he's going to put it on me. No, you missed it. I didn't have to go look for it. I didn't have to go find it. It found me. <laughs> Can I get you to lift both of your hands and shout, my house is next. Say, it's about to find me. Say it again. Say, it's about to find me. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. It'll be put into your lap. Which means, so I gave it to you. It comes and finds you. Now God says, listen, that's harvest, but it's also seed. So the same way you got it, oh, because some of y'all about to catch this thing. Somebody's student loans for $13,184 are going to be, y'all not saying nothing to me. Somebody say the same way, say the same way. So God's like, okay, okay. God's like, wait, 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 wait. God's like, wait, wait. God's like, God's like, God's like, I gave it to you. Now, I taught you how to do it, so you don't need me involved anymore. Work the principle. Work it. Somebody say, I'm working it. So you don't even need to ask me for a financial breakthrough. You don't need to ask me to get you out of debt. You don't need to ask me to bless you financially so you can be a blessing. I showed you how to do it. And all I need you to do is keep doing what you've already seen work. <laughs> Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, he's getting ready to do it. Say, it's getting ready to happen. So God says, you're feeling a little, you're feeling a little, oh, oh, okay. You're going to be so glad you didn't quit. You're going to be so glad you didn't give up. God says, all I need you to do is release it. Touch your neighbor and say, release it. The same way you got it is the same way you keep on getting it. Let me put that off into your bosom. Here's what God does. God's like, wait, 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 wait. And God's like, now I promoted you. I've increased you. Your, your release is in your increase. I've blessed you. Amazing things are happening. He says, so um, this time what I want to do, I need you to have more than enough. 
Touch your neighbor, say your next breakthrough is going to be a messy one. And finish it. Say in a good way. Finish it. Say in a good way. Because God says, since you poured, let me put something off on you there right there. Overflow. Overflow. <laughs> Can I get you to give God a praise for overflow? I said, release a praise for overflow. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Bishop, where did you get that from? Can you go back to Luke 6.38, please? Shaking together. Can I get you to say the Bible? And God is like, look, you got so much, I'm literally about to throw my mic. Your poor has released so much. Your release has brought so much increase that everywhere you step, everywhere I'm stepping, I keep stepping into, I keep stepping in the blessing. <laughs> Somebody say yes, Lord. Wait a minute. So watch this. So now I got blessing all around me. Everywhere I step, there's, I wasn't even looking for it. But, but because I live in overflow, every place the sole of my foot shall tread. Even if I don't own it, because my overflow is on it, I'm still going to be blessed in it. Can I get you to release this? Say overflow. Matter of fact, can I just get you to touch three people around you and prophesy that to them? Say overflow, overflow. Come on, Wednesday. Give God a praise for... Wait, 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 while I'm walking, I can think this is as good as it's going to get. Touch your neighbor says it's about to get a whole lot better for you. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, it's about to get a whole lot better for you. This looks wonderful, right? Everywhere I step, there's blessing, there's favor, there's... But God is the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that I can ask or think. So then God says, this time, I don't want you to pour low no more. This time, what I want you to do is step out there on big faith. And I don't just want you to release a little bit this time. I want you to release something major this time. Watch me. Watch me. Let me push your faith. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time for the big release. Woo! <laughs> say, it's time for the big release. So, so this time you're like, ooh, that's some big pouring I did. That's some big sewing I did. But look at all of what's now covered. Y'all see all of this water on this stage? I was over here, but I got blessing coming at me from over there. I was over here, but I got favor coming from me from over here. I poured it right here, but then you got a call from a business deal in Brazil. Come here. You poured it right here in Denver, but God's about to give us favor in it. Come on. Can I get everybody on your feet and give God 30 seconds of glory? Go! Come on, Wednesday, give him praise. Give him glory.
name honor. All right. Wait a minute. And when you think the party's over, because one little area dried up, and you can say, well, it doesn't look like it's working. And God will say, you must not know about me. Because right when you think you're down to nothing, I'm up to something. And I need you to release again. Release again. Touch your neighbor, say, God's not done yet. Say, he has never-ending supply. Here's the question. Can you give him praise in the middle of your release? And don't just praise him by yourself. Find you another person that can release and praise him in the middle. I need another one to come on here and praise him in the middle. Somebody shout yeah! Shout yeah! All right, all right. When God's about to bless you big, can you go back to Luke 638? I'm done. Luke 638. Say good measure. Press down. When you press something down, you're putting. Maybe the pressure is hitting you and squeezing you to release love, to release control, and to release finance. But somebody said, I'm built for it. Then once he presses, he's going to shake it up a little bit. Because you might say, I don't have anything left to give. God is like, there's some more in there. Lay your hands on yourself and say, it's some more in there. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is a place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.